Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Twice Exceptional, Teens Exploring and Living with Neurodiversity. My name is Kate, I am 16 years old and gifted, and I have ADHD, hence the name of the podcast. In last week's episode, I discussed my history, including my ADHD diagnosis and living as a twice exceptional person. For those of you who don't know, twice exceptional means someone is gifted and diagnosed with some form of neurodiversity. Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm 13 and I also have ADHD. Today, Kate and I are going to be talking about Tourette Syndrome. But first, I would like to discuss our week. So, Patrick, did you do anything fun this week? Well, I kind of started this week off pretty tired with a swim meet on Monday. I dropped time my thousand freestyle, which was pretty exciting. Um... <laughs> The rest of my week was fairly boring, but I got a hundred on my freestyle, which was oh wait, oh, sorry. You I should didn't... know what you did this week. I I should, but like I would forget. Uh, yeah, I got a hundred on my math quizzes. Anyways, uh, on Friday our swim group got paired with the older kids. It was complete chaos, and yeah, Kate, how was your week? Um, my week was pretty busy. So last week, I presented at the Women in Orthodontics Conference on Understanding Your Patients with ADHD. That video is available on our YouTube as well, so check that out. And then it was super exciting, and I got a lot of great feedback. I got ice cream the other day because someone sent us ice cream. It was awesome. It's good ice cream, too. And it was a great opportunity for me to teach people more about ADHD, and I got to practice my public speaking skills. But this week, we have been choosing our classes for junior year in high school, and I'm pretty excited, and I know what I'm going to take, but, like, it's going to be a lot of work because I'm taking a lot of difficult classes. Now, let's move on to our definition of the week. Patrick, can you explain what Tourette syndrome is? Sure. Tourette syndrome is a form of neurodiversity that involves uncontrollable movements and sounds. Usually, this can be seen through some sort of repetitive motion, such as blinking or moving their arms slightly. Also, some people with Tourette syndrome may have a verbal cue that tells you that they have it. These can include swearing and offensive words, but don't necessarily have to. These sort of repetitive actions, whether the physical kind or the verbal kind, are called tics. Tourette syndrome is generally self-diagnosable. It is usually diagnosed when a child is between the ages of 5 and 9. Diagnoses are based on history, and ticks must be present for at least a year before the person turns 18, and nearly every day. Treatment for Tourette syndrome usually involves therapy, and it really never goes away. So, though this condition varies from person to person, I'm going to explain it using one specific person, because I know someone from who has Tourette syndrome in my school, they're in one of my classes, with they have a more severe form of ticks. So I'm not going to get into too many of their personal details in this, but some of the things they described I thought would be very important if you're trying to understand how this condition can affect someone's life. So this person tends to use different voices when experiencing their verbal tics. So it's easy to differentiate between what they're, when they're ticking and when they're actually saying important things. Because like when they're using the tics, they often speak in a weird voice. And so it's pretty easy to tell, which is good because what they say in their tics is super weird sometimes. So during verbal tics, they have repeated sounds multiple times. So like, even if it's just like a ticking sound, they will repeat a sound a lot. They repeat words a lot too. Like they'll scream random words at times. And then they also swear a lot when they're ticking. And they also have a physical motion tick. 
that involves a head shake. Sometimes their arm moves to the side, especially when they've written on the whiteboard before. It just kind of happens like that. But then because our class is very well aware of their condition, we are able to do what's best for them because they've told us. So mostly our job is to try to not set off their tics because certain words and stuff can set off a tic for these people. And they don't mind if we laugh at the funny things they say, but that's, again, a matter of personal preference because some people might be annoyed if you're laughing at it, but they don't seem to mind that much when we do, and we've just tried to not set off the tics. And then some things they've told us, they have told us that holding back a tic feels like holding back a sneeze, so, like, not easy to do for obvious reasons. And then they tend to take more environments they're comfortable in, which I'm not sure if that's everybody, but, like, it seems interesting because... As Patrick's told me before, he felt like it would be more sense if it's where they're uncomfortable they take more. I mean, a little bit, but also I do think I have a reason here. Okay. For why. Okay. So, you know everyone with nerd, almost everyone with neurodiversity conditions try to mask it. Yeah. Okay. So, when they are uncomfortable in a place that they are not used to, they're trying to mask it, that they have that. Mm-hmm. So they are subconsciously, their brain is blocking a few ticks before they actually happen because they're uncomfortable in trying to mask it. I mean, ticks still do happen because you don't have much control, but somehow subconsciously it's blocking a few of them. Well, when you're in a comfortable place, you're not trying to mask it, so you're like, okay, let loose. Not really, but you know. Yeah, I know what you're talking And it's yeah. going to just keep coming out again and again and again more and more because it does not have to try and hide yeah, just like with us and how with ADHD, people tend to mask their ADHD symptoms a lot also, especially when in certain environments. And same thing with some of the other conditions. That's why sometimes you might see them trying to copy people a lot is because they're trying to mask their symptoms and they do that by often copying what other people do. Now for some fun facts. Today I'm going to be talking about college mascots. So, Kate and I live in Phoenix, Arizona, but we swim in Scottsdale. Kate goes to school in Scottsdale as well. Scottsdale Community College partners with the high school for dual enrollment classes. It basically just means that you can take a class at the high school and get college credit for it. Now, most schools have pretty normal mascots. For example, my school is the Tigers. Kate's school is a little bit is a little bit more unique, being the Firebirds. What's interesting about Scottsdale Community College is that their mascot is Artie the Artichoke. This week, I researched the history behind the mascot. The, their mascot emerged in the 1970s upon fights over money and athletics. It was meant to serve as a form of embarrassment for the sports teams. And the students at the time picked the mascot for that reason. Artichokes aren't related to Arizona in any particular way. Native to the Mediterranean, most of the artichokes in the United States are grown in California. Despite this, Artie the Artichoke is a crucial part of Scottsdale Community College's culture and, and identity. Uh, yeah. In today's episode, Patrick and I discussed Tourette's Syndrome and how it can affect someone's life. We explained the different types of tics people can have, and then we listened to Patrick tell us about the mascot. That's an artichoke at Stottsdale Community College. That's it for this week's episode of Twice Exceptional. If you liked this episode and want to support us, follow us on TikTok or Instagram at twice underscore exceptional podcast and follow us and leave a comment. Yeah. yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Better come back.